0: Good morning, church. Um, Sorry, let me say today we had a bit of things, but it's good to be family, to be together. And uh, for those of us who are visiting, my name is Fred. Uh, We've been away, but we are now back. Uh, My wife is here, Nancy, and Jesse and Jerry our young men. And we just want to say thank you for allowing us to be part of the family in Karang. Now, before we quickly jump into the word, we'll make it short. I want to invite uh, just Lance quickly to share with us briefly about the, uh, the college because I want us to pray for our teachers today. Not that we can't pray for our workers, but I just feel like being a teacher in this season, you need prayers. Dealing with young people each and every day from Monday to Friday, they need our prayer. So today I thought we'd pray for our teachers but just quickly highlight on some of the challenges.
1: Thanks Fred. Um, I will share just a couple of verses in a moment but um, just want to say Tim love the socks. Um, um, thank you Amariah for sharing, um, uh, sharing about what God's been doing in your life. I think probably one of th- or the greatest joy for someone working in a Christian school is to see the way someone's life's been transformed through coming to know Jesus. Um, And that's really the heart of what we do um, at Corang Christian College is to really show kids the love of Jesus, to share with them our lives, um, to hopefully teach them what it means to know and and to follow him. Um, And sometimes you don't see that transformation while they're at school. Often it's afterwards, but hopefully those seeds are being sown through what we're doing with the students. Um, It's a a real privilege to work and serve in a Christian school and to work and serve at Corrine Christian College. Uh, We're blessed with a wonderful staff team uh, and I love working with them all and um, we are blessed to have enough staff um, to begin the year. And I know there are so many schools that are struggling with getting their staff. And and God is good. God is faithfully, knows what we need. Uh, sometimes we, it's a little bit of a worry at the start of a year or as we're looking ahead. But um, God knows. And if, I'd appreciate continued prayers for staff, even through this year. And as we head into um, next year as well, there will be some real needs around um, additional staff. So I ask that you would continue to pray for us uh, and our staff needs. Just a few uh, verses I'd love to just to share as, as we sort of head into a new uh, new year. And I was thinking, I guess, from a, a, uh, a staff perspective, um, the verse that sort of comes to mind that is a real favourite of mine is Isaiah uh, 40, 31. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Uh, we need God's strength each and every day. Um, to do what we do and um, I just ask that you continue to pray for the staff that God would give us the strength that we need uh, to serve him faithfully uh, to do what we need to do um, and that he would do that for us. Then I thought as far as our students are concerned and our families uh, Psalm 16 verse 11 you make known to me the path of life you'll fill me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand, and really praying for our students and our families that they will find the path that God has set before them, that they'll find joy in knowing God's presence uh, while they're at school but also beyond, and knowing that God has eternal purposes for us, uh, eternity with him, um, and that's what we want our, our, our students and our families to come to to know as they spend their time um, with us. And then just to finish, and it sort of probably follows on from a couple of other things that have been shared too. Matthew five, verse sixteen, in the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. It's not us that we want them to sort of look at and see and go, Wow, look at what those teachers are doing. But wow, look at what God's doing. And there's something different perhaps in those teachers in the lives that they're leading that I want to know more about and it's because that we're following Jesus and that's hopefully who that they see and that's who that they want to follow as a result of what we're doing. So I'd love you to continue to pray for us it we'll be able to do those things um, and I pray, and you'll continue to, yeah, to keep us in your prayers. But um, I think we're going to be praying now for uh, at the start of this year. Did you want me to kick things off or will you? Just, uh, just before you go,
0: um, I also want to acknowledge uh, our... Ministry, ministry volunteers, uh, just the great work you're doing. And today we are not going to call you to come forward. I know some of us are saying, no, 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 yeah. Today we are not going to ask you to come forward, but I want you to stand up. If you're working in a school, you're not just the Crown Christian College, but if you work in a school, I want you to stand up. Whether you're a teacher, a staff, a volunteer, just stand on your feet this morning. And those of us also who... Help us around here, our ministry volunteers. Just stand among them because you guys are also doing a good job. Also volunteers in our church because we want to, as we pray for the teachers, we want also to pray for you this morning because you're doing a great work as a a minister up here at the the church. I'm going to ask Mr. Lance to pray first and then I conclude.
1: Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this new day. We thank you that you are a faithful God that when we seek you first, you give us all that we need. I pray that as we head into a new year of service, that you would help us to continue to look to you, that you continue to help us to seek you first. Pray, Lord, that you might continue to strengthen us when we feel weak, to continue to strengthen us when we feel like we don't have much to continue on, to know that it's you that gives us just what we need. When you call us to serve, we know that you are a faithful God and that you will give us all that we need. I pray for your blessing upon this new year, upon the, the school, upon the families, upon each one that is in this church standing now, that is serving you as you've called them to. I pray that you continue to bless each one and continue to provide just what we need day by day, that we wouldn't look beyond the day that you've given us, that we just know that for this day, that as we commit ourselves to you, that you will just lead us forward. You'll take us by the hand and just take us forward one step at a time. Help us to trust you each day as we head into this new school year. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Lord, we continue to thank you, not only for the teachers, but for our volunteers here at Karang Baptist. We thank you for those that come each and every week, Father. Our elders, our deacons, our ministry leaders, and various teams, those who are working with the children, we just want to say thank you. Lord, we also thank you for so many other people that are serving in so many other areas, whether it's aged care, whatever areas they're serving, Father. We just want to say thank you that this season, Father, may you give us your grace, give us your strength, Father. We also want to pray for our children. And Lord, as we begin this new term and the new year, we pray for your wisdom and guidance, Father. May you lead us, may you guide us, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, Thanks so much. Thank you, Mr. Lance and the team. Uh, God bless you. Uh, Welcome, church. Uh, If you carried your Bible today, I would like you to open the book of John. John chapter 1. John chapter 1 and because of time i'm not going to read all of it i'm just going to read a portion of it so that we can quickly jump into the message now for those of us this year you don't have a reading bible plan can i give you an idea the book of john is one of the best it's my favorite and for the next coming weeks we will be We are going to look at the book of John, and also we'll be looking at the book of Revelation. So today's, John, next week is Revelation, but we are going to look at different of those in different forums. So please, if you haven't started yet, you can either start with John, you can either look at Revelation and start reading so that you can be able to follow through. John is one of the books in the Bible that I enjoy reading. And uh, today, I want to share with us some of the theological challenges that John was facing as he shared the gospel. So the Bible says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That he was God in the beginning. And through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. Lord, I thank you for your message again. And I pray that as I share this message, that you're going to lead me and guide me, Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, We're going to run through, uh, at some point, but I want us just to straight go to the introduction because some of those scriptures, we're going to reflect on them as well as we go along. In these verses that we've just read, though I've not read all of it, but I want to encourage you to look at it at home, but I'm going to highlight on some of them as I go through. John deals with some of the theological implications of the fast coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And from some of the verses, we are going to see John refers to Jesus as the Word. John refers to Jesus as the Word. And some of these things or some of those theological implications include they include the Word in eternity or His pre-existent state with God. Number two, the Word in human flesh or His incarnation. And I can tell you, friends, one of the hardest topics, even in Bible college, was trying to define. The Word in flesh. I'm I'm talking of people that have never been to church, people that have never heard about Christianity, or they prove they've heard, but they've never actually had a Bible to read. And you're telling these people that the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. That actually your God pre. Existed before. And the people you are talking about, they know know this young man called Jesus, born of Mary and Joseph, in a certain village. They have seen him grow up play like other boys, like Liam and Adam in the playground, the playgroup. And now you are telling them actually, this is God that Pre existed before. This is a very, very complicated theological statement, but also it changes everything we think about God. That if you get it wrong, your theological understanding, your Christian journey, your walk, your walk with Christ, it becomes a problem. And I want you to walk with me. Just as we reflect on what John was sharing, as we journey with me through, we see what are some of the things that John was sharing with this group. The first thing John is sharing with this team is a word in eternity. He says that without naming the word, he begins by writing that in the beginning was the word. And friend, this is a strong way to say that the word is eternal. The word wasn't created. The word wasn't created in the beginning. It didn't begin in the beginning. But in the beginning, the word was already in existence. The word was there. And John is saying, even through creation, this word was part of creation. This word is part of the light. And we can see some of the things that John was addressing when we read Mark chapter 6 verse 3. If you look at Mark 6 3, if you look at Mark 6 3, you can see the thinking of some of these people. Isn't this a carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Are his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. What are you telling us? That you and God you're one, that you and the Father you belong in same body. Knowing that some of the people were questioning his identity, Jesus asked his disciples this question: "That who do people say I am? Who do the crowds say I am?" And these are some of the answers. There are some say John the Baptist others say Elijah and others say Jeremiah one of the prophets but Simon Peter answered you are the Messiah the son of the living God you are the Messiah the son of the living God John's I mean Simon's Definition, theology, understanding, revelation, prepared him for his journey. I want to challenge all of us today. Your understanding, the revelation you received, your theology, does that make you a better Christian or it makes you a bad Christian? Because nobody can change your understanding. Nobody can make you. And that's why Jesus acknowledged Simon and said, Simon, this is a revelation. This is not me telling you. This is a revelation that you need. And my prayer today, my prayer today that Christ himself is going to reveal himself to you and I. To get a deep understanding of who actually is he and what he came to do. And I pray that you may your journey as you journey as a Christian that you'll have that understanding for yourself in your Christian walk. Jesus never doubted doubted his identity. He knew himself. And that's why he declared that I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. But I think the problem is us. Christ has never doubted his identity. He knows who he is, whether I believe or not. The interesting thing for us, not just as Christians, I've learned that some of us, you don't even know your neighbor for 50 years. Somebody is living as close as to you. Some of us are trying to understand your spouse, somebody you've been living together for 40, 50, 100 years together. It's true. You're trying to understand your, your, your spouse. Some of us are trying to understand even our children that we've delivered in this world. You are trying to understand them. I'm saying the problem is not the child that you don't understand them. The problem is me as a parent. The problem is me as a spouse if I don't understand my wife or she doesn't understand me. And and you know, sometimes we make the mistakes in marriage. Let me talk to the young people today. The younger generation who are not married and they are thinking of marriage. Take your time to understand. When you see the yellow flags, because the yellow flags will always be there don't say that I'll go in there and I'll try to change that person. You won't change them. That's, that's who they are. Don't come and say after 50 years, I don't understand you anymore. You and I have a chance to do the homework. I have a chance to understand her. It's up to me. and She has a chance to understand me. Christ is offering you a chance to understand him. I'm not sure what you're doing to understand him. Are you reading the Bible? Are you praying? Are you looking for that revelation? Because your ignorance or my ignorance does not change his identity. He knows who he is. He knows his God, and that can never change. Even on the cross, when he was crucified, he knew, he knew his identity. He knew that he was Christ. On the cross. that those all start to put him on the cross. He said they don't know what they are doing. What are some of the things you're doing for yourself to know more Christ? Is it the word you're reading? Is it the fellowship you're part of? Are you part of a small group? Are you part of people that are actually serving him? Because if I don't serve her, I can't understand her. If she can't serve me, so we have to serve each other. We have to take care of each other. We have to spend time together. We have to do things together. I have to find ways to invest in the relationship. I tell married couples, if you don't even have a single book on how to make your marriage better for yourself, there's a problem. Get something. Get a seminar. Look for something that can make your relationship better. If you're a parent, look for materials that can help you with parenting skills. Are we together? I'm not yet there, but I'm learning as well. So I am the problem as well. The second thing that uh, Paul is dealing with here is the word in human flesh, what some people call the Incarnation this is a very a very hard theology because John presents the word as the only begotten son of God who became flesh who became flesh for John Jesus humanity meant essentially twofold missions Number one, as a lamb of God, he secured the redemption of mankind. That was part of his humanity. And the second bit that John is sharing with us there, John is saying that though his life and ministry, that he revealed the Father. Through his life and ministry, he revealed the Father. According to John, the very miracles Jesus performed, which he refers to as signs, bore testimony to the divine mission of the Son of God. Do you know in the Gospel of John? John has only recorded seven. seven what? Seven? Seven miracles of Jesus. He said there were so many miracles Jesus performed. But I only give you seven because they're very significant. If you look at in in, in John 2, he talks about changing the water into wine. Feeding the 5,000 with fish and bread. Calling Lazarus from the tomb after four days. And so many other miracles that I can't tell you because of time. But John is saying that those things were not done to to show how Jesus can have a big congregation. They are not done to prove that Jesus is God. John is saying that those miracles were done to actually reveal God. For you and I to have the relation of who and why Christ is came to us. As I finish, I just want to challenge us. What does the Word offer us? What is it that Christ is offering you and I as a Christian? If you look at the, those verses, John is saying that in him was life, and that life was the light. Of all mankind you know, the world is described as true light that gives light to so every person. But it's up to you and I to reflect that world into that light into the world. Christ has given you light. Christ has given me light, but it's how you live, it's how I live, that people are going to see the light. You can dim it, you can't kill the light but you can dim it for yourself. You can dim it for yourself. Or you can brighten it. Because when you walk on the road, when you serve, whether you're a teacher, whether you're a student, whether you're an engineer, if you have the light of Christ in you, people will see it. If you magnify that light, people are going to see it. But you can choose to dim that light And keep it for yourself. The second thing that the word is offering us, Christ is offering us the right to become the children of God. It says from verse 12 and 13, yet to all who did receive him and to those who believed in his name, he gave them the right to become the children of God. Children born not of natural descent or of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. Friends, you and I have an opportunity to become the child of God. God is not forcing it. He's saying you can be part of my family. He's inviting you and I to be part of his family, to be his child. And John is encouraging his audience. He's saying, you know, Christ has opened a door for us to be the children of God. But we have a choice for ourselves we have a choice what makes you team a baptist you don't have to answer (laughs) you told me before you used to be a lutheran what made you a lutheran and now you're a baptist those of us who have come from other denominations, what makes you a Baptist? What makes you a Pentecostal? What makes you an Anglican? What makes you, uh, what else is there? Yeah? Uniting. Catholic. What makes you? You know, if you're able to answer that correctly, you're part of this group. I always tell people it's good to belong to a denomination. It's good to be a nice Baptist, it's good to be a nice Catholic, it's good to be a nice uh, Methodist. but the right to be the Son of God that is not determined by your denomination. Is not determined by my denomination. When Christ looks at you, when you walk into that door in heaven, that one day, you not walk there as a Baptist, you not walk there as an Anglican, you not walk there as a Catholic, you walk there because of the right to become the child. The right to become the child. We, before we got the citizenship of Australia, we used to pay heavy, heavily. Because we were internationals. We were internationals and everything was treated as expatriates for us. It was hard for us. It was expensive because we didn't have the right to be Australians. But now we have the right and we've been given the citizenship. When we walk in this land, we feel like Australians. We eat like Australians. We sing like Australians that advance Australian Fair. We are here to advance it. And I believe that it's not about the things you give. It's not about the offering you give. It's not about your denomination. It's not about how much you fast. It's about the right. If you have never been given that right to become the son and the child of God, I'm sorry. According to John. The last two. Grace and truth, for the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus. During Moses' time, and John is saying here, that for the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. The law was different, but it's because of Christ and Paul is reminding the Ephesians in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. He says that for it's by grace that we've been done what? We've been saved. It's not through our works. It's not about the things we give or we do. It's by the grace of God. I may not be perfect, but I know that it's by the grace of God I can stand here. I may not be the righteous person. I may not be the best Christian. But I know it's by the grace of Christ that I can stand and testify about his joy, his faithfulness in my life. The last thing I want to talk to you is the revelation of the Father. That the word has offered us a revelation. The word has offered you and I the revelation. He says that no one has ever seen God but the one and only son who is himself God and is in the uh, closest relationship with the Father that has made him known. The work of Christ was to make God known that you and I are here because of the revelation that we received from Christ. I want you to pray for your family. You know, sometimes we point fingers to people that have never had the revelation. Sometimes you accuse people that we've never prayed for them to receive the revelation. The revelation you have today, not everybody has that revelation. Pray that God is going to reveal himself to them to actually see him, to receive him, to be part of the family. Because the same Christ, the same word. He the same person that is called Lazarus from the grave. He the same word that is say that the 5,000 people were fed. He the same word that spoke and walked on the water. He the same word that spoke and healed a man that was born blind. And today is the same word that is speaking into your situation today. That is speaking to your family. That is inviting you to have the right to be part of the family. As Jason comes, if you can come, Jason and the team, as they come, I want to pray for you today. I want to pray. For some of our family members that have never received the revelation, I want to pray that maybe even you yourself, you are here, but you've never felt that you're part of the family of God. I want to pray today that maybe your parents or your children that have never, never gotten that revelation, that God is going to reveal himself to them to make that decision. Let's stand on our feet as I pray. Let's stand. Those of us who are able to stand, but if you are not, please don't feel obligated to stand. Lord, thank you. Thank you, Father, for revelation. Thank you for your joy. Thank you for giving us the right to become your children. Lord, we thank you for your grace and the truth. But I know we have so many people today that have never received the revelation. We have so many people that are still mixed up in the theology of what transpired between Mary and the Spirit, between Joseph and Mary. But I know, God, that you help us to see the work that you came to do, Father. And I pray for those of us today that have never made that choice, that have never said yes to Jesus. Today, I pray that may you convict. May you speak to them. May you reveal yourself to them, Father. That as you walk out of this place, God, that we make that decision. Not because somebody has pushed you, but because you've received the revelation. So thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. Thank you for your love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let us sing.